ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode 12, season 4. My name's Russ Shaw, and some old 80s poison for you. Or the Brett Michaels here. Be single? Yeah, and when I was single, this was the anthem of my single guy art. So, I wing it a morning. already, right? Thanks for hanging out with me today, by the way. It's just kind of uh, hang out with Russ Shaw. That's that's what this show is about. It's really less about advice and more about, hey, let's hang out with, uh, with Russ today. Why not? I say that because I'm titling the show Single Serve Advice, and it's advice for singles. And I've always found that advice in and of itself is kind of cheap if you don't know a person. So spend a little time with me and I'll I'll share some of my story and where I was at, right? When I was a single guy, because it's different than than a lot of people's lives. You get to know me a little bit. Also, um, a way for me to get to know you and for the rest of the group to get to know you is uh, the survey page. If you'd like to check that out, it's uh, ASI247.org. Click on the survey page and that's a way that I can get to know you, the listener, uh, your your inner workings and stuff like that, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, I, this show is inspired by a guy who made a post on NoFap Christians and said, uh, do you have any advice for a single guy? Now I know it's not just guys that struggle with this. Uh, there's women that struggle too. But I don't want to just throw out advice without you understanding where I'm coming from. See, there's shallow advice that sits on the surface, right? Like, I got a lot of good advice, you know? Just good advice is something that's kind of thrown out on the outside, isn't it? We we throw it at a person and hope it sticks. (laughs) Some of it was thrown at me, didn't really stick. I wish I would have took that advice. You ever said that, right? Um, So that's that kind of outside advice. And then there's the advice that comes from uh, intimacy, right? Knowing a person, um... Uh, into me see is part of breaking that word down, isn't it? What does it mean to get advice that can be received into your core being, right? Maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, real intimacy, um, real being clothed, being naked, wanting someone to know us on the inside, not wanting to be lonely. What does that look like? That's what today's show is about. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 in the Bible is one of my favorite passages. Verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, and I want you to keep this in mind as you listen to, uh, to this episode today. Yes, while we are in this tent, we groan because we are weighed down. We want to be dressed, not undressed. So what is dying can be swallowed up by life. And basically the Apostle Paul there is is using this tent analogy when talking about our bodies. And, And he constantly goes through these... You know, the flesh is over here and the spirit is over here. We live in this fleshy um, vessel, right? And, and our, but, but our spirit lives inside there. So what does it mean for someone to know you deeply, to know you on the inside rather than 
than the outside, to pierce that outer layer? Or do we even know the difference? I heard that one of the root words for salvation, that word, is hope solved, right? So seeking advice or seeking truth, was I there at that time? Man, I was maybe so stubborn I was blind, but I was certainly on a collision course with truth, to be sure. Because, listen, who was I when I was single? 1987, this album started gaining popularity. It hit my ears, and, you know, it, it was one of those anthems of my it's youth. See, music has the power to ping our meaning seekers. It's not like it's just shoved in from the outside, like peer pressure, here, listen to this, because this is cool. Can that influence kids? Maybe. But really, when you attach your being and meaning to some of this music, there's something going on, right? It's like pinging the IP address in your heart. Not from the outside in, but syncing up with that emotion from the inside out. And it's funny how people will say, oh, well, that music made you think that way because you were listening to that bad music. No, that music sank up with my soul where I was at at that time. What's healthy is that some forms of music can sync up with that unresolved hurt that's in the heart that eats at our very being and identity. I didn't know who I was on the inside, but who I was on the outside, who I was hanging out with, the, the madness of it all, man, I identified with this too. Man. I'm a and I'm a source of disgrace That song was one of those songs that sunk up with my soul, all right? Not saying that was a good thing, just telling you where I was at. Again, was it some rock and roll band telling me who I was because I was so naive as a teenager? No, I don't believe music works like that, all right? That's one of those things in trusting the Holy Spirit when it comes to outside-in influences with the arts, for example, right? And listen, am I recommending poison? No, I'm not I'm not recommending poison. Poison the substance, probably not real good for you, right? Um, poison the band, it's at your discretion. Uh, I heard there was an old fundamentalist Southern Baptist preacher back in like the 40s or 50s who called blues music... Um, that was becoming rock and roll at that time, he called it poison. Is that true? Today, there's a lot of pastors and preachers who will say that you should only listen to Christian music if you're a Christian, right? Just only consume Christian music and Christian uh, songs and stuff like that. Uh, is that healthy? Not necessarily, all right? There is, now there's some new good Christian music that comes along. A lot of Christian rock and metal has to do with hurt and pain, right? So there's something to that. But what I'm saying is that, you know, just only consuming poppy, happy-go-lucky music all the time isn't necessarily good for you. Because it doesn't ping that hurt that's down inside that needs to be dealt with. It just shoves it down more. And eventually, over time, it just starts leaking. All right? So, when it comes to sharing the, the band Poison's music, is it really poison? Russia does not recommend poison. Duly noted. All right? 
No, the band Poison, all right? Some of the music is very sexually charged. You know, there's some of the tunes the Poison Boys made that were much in the realm of, you know, sex is like sharing pizza and something you do at a party or something, right? Uh, Not that healthy, and I don't want to tempt anyone with some of the thoughts that might be spurned on listening to that music. Not just the thoughts, but the energy that can be stirred up in you, all right? It's tempting. There's temptations that can come from, you know, like ACDC's another band that has some sexually charged innuendo songs. You know, back in the 80s, ACDC and Poison and the innuendo was nothing compared to some of the lyrics that I hear today. And today's hip-hop and rap music, it's like, oh, man, right? Um, there's just some... some. If you're a single person uh, consuming that music, just be aware and have some sober judgment about how that music is affecting your heart and your soul, all right? But, again, some of the lyrics can be repurposed, to use the lack of a better word. That's a... A pastor in my area has a, a sermon series called Repurpose. Pastor Dan is a mega church pastor in my area city. Um, trying to get a hold of this guy to talk to him about repurposing what that looks like. Uh, this guy, anyway, but uh, repurposing—that's a—that's a beautiful little uh, metaphor for what we can do with our hearts and minds when it comes to thinking about some of the some of the poison in the world right i think when you think about that music when you're in a relationship right a committed loving relationship can those lyrics to some of those songs be repurposed towards your spouse, for example, right? Yes, absolutely. I'll tell you a funny little story about my wife and I's anniversary night, uh, 25th anniversary. We went to this uh, casino. It had a hotel, and they gave us a good deal on the hotel because it was like a Tuesday or something like that. So we got like a five-star hotel room for like 100 bucks or something, a little more than that. But it was it was a great deal. This is like a year ago. Um we so we uh we went to the the bar they had like a little bar restaurant thing there and they were having karaoke night so i sang poisons talk dirty to me <laughs> to my wife via karaoke on our uh on our 25th anniversary night which i thought was was fun. My wife found it kind of embarrassing, actually, to be honest. So, but again, see, it's repurposing some of that music. Is that song dirty and bad? Uh, depends on the context, doesn't it? Shook me all night long. I, that's that's good. You're young, healthy, marriage. You know, go for it, right? But in the in the realm of just you know sexual kind of, it's like shaking hands or something. No, it's that's not necessarily healthy, but see, it, it depends on what's in your heart. How do you think about sexuality? That's part of the question. And that's why Jesus brings up in Mark chapter 7 that it's not what goes into a man from the outside that defiles him, right? But it's what comes out from the inside out. It's why we want that kind of music. It's why we are interested in that kind of music. It's what, what syncs up with our soul. So in this Advice for Singles show, I share the Poison album with you because as a single man, that's what was the anthem or the soundtrack of my life at that time as a uh, criminal drug dealer um, who still believed in love somewhere down deep, right? Maybe that's why that album made so much sense to me because it seems to deal with that tension between a loving relationship and just having sex like it's shaking hands or, or nothing really spiritual in which it is. The Poison album for me was was that weird. It, it, it brings me back to that tension. Like it wasn't shallow to me. Some of the songs, some of them very shallow. Some of them made an impact. Some of them pinged my soul. 
see, some music is just, it just gets boring after a while, right? It's like, eh, that song was fun, that song's cool. Does it really sync up with who I am? No. So that's why it doesn't take root. But that song is one of the, that whole album was kind of took root in, in, a, in a, my broken, jacked up heart. All right. But that's part of the conversation that I'm raising here. That's part of the question, isn't it? Why would a band with the name Poison go multi-platinum? Because there's something to, like, morals, for example. I mean, we're all taught morals. We're all taught what's right and what's wrong. And then some of us start to realize the gray area. And then we're trying to figure out our lives and meaning and what we believe and what's right and what's wrong. And and how our emotions and our spirit and our belonging and our being and our wanting satisfaction and action and right a, a fulfilled life what that what that looks like and then right and wrong start to go out the window when it comes to pressure and stress and disappointment and heartbreak so again, it's less about just what's right and what's wrong and what we should and ought to do. But this music is more gets down to that level of it's it's um, there's no shortage of good advice. Right. There's no shortage of people to tell you what's right and what's wrong. There's no shortage of Bible studies out there. But how do we get this stuff to sync up with what's in our heart and soul and our emotions? So when I share this music with you, it's just, it was a point in time. It was a ping in history. And that's the power of music. I'm just saying it's it's a ping, right? It's like looking into the inner workings of the, the soul a little bit. It's why I use music in the podcast in the first place. That's why I tell my friends who have kids, you know, watch when they get to 12 to 13 to 14 years old, what they're listening to. Now, don't just dictate what they should and ought to listen to. Like you can't put your kids under plexiglass and, and try and keep the dirty world off them and, and call that parenting. All right. That does not work long term. And your kids are going to go out into their peer groups looking for meaning and answers rather than coming to you. All right. That's some parenting advice from from me. Who am I to give parenting advice? But my kids aren't criminals like I was, so maybe I did something right. Um, but you see what I'm saying, right? Ask your kids what songs, you know, if there's a certain song, a favorite song. I mean, what is there something about the lyrics that you like? Is it just the beat? And it may be just the beat, you know. There's some dark lyrics out there. I mean, especially with hip-hop music. A lot of hip-hop music today. There's a lot of metal music. I mean, popular, just music in general. There is some really bad lyrics. But being honest, when I went back in the 80s and listened to some of the music that, that I liked, I didn't know the lyrics to some of those songs. But again, this Poison album, man, this this stuff sank up with my soul. So again... It's that second independence, right? When a teenager gets to that age where they're you know, seeking answers, where they realize that, hey, mom and dad don't dictate how I feel anymore, right? Like I'm independent of them in my emotions and in my search for meaning and in my life quest. I think that that's that, that independence that they reach at that age. And we are to influence, right? Put up boundaries, Love them with uh, boundaries and influence and not being a, a dictator, but being a more of a nurturer. Now, don't ask me how to do that, because that's getting into some of those things. But especially with young women, it, when you guys who have daughters, your, your daughters, some, and my daughter wasn't like this too much, but I know I have friends whose daughters were just boy crazy or looking for relationships and, and really seeking out belonging and syncing up with identity through a relationship at a very young age and uh, music can be a great window into what they believe about themselves as far as young women are concerned as far as young men are concerned you can see some of the shallowness 
of some of the messages that they might sync up with, you know, and, and they, your boys may not tell you, hey, I like this song by Wiz Khalifa, right? Like they might feel um, open enough to say, hey, yeah, I really like this tune, but I, you, you just got to find a way, man. Make it important. Make it a thing because there is something to the, the music that they like, all right? B.B. King died recently uh blues man just a phenomenal songwriter performer uh he's instrumental i mean the guy's influenced and inspired so many artists uh, of popular music and rock and roll especially bb uh, king did not filter his heart and his what he was going through in his music right i mean just raw emotion and a lot of it was hurt again much like david in the psalms right not all the psalms are happy go lucky they're some of them are dark psalm 88 ends with darkness is my only friend right that's a bluesy tune is it not and yes, the Psalms were music. So, uh, again, I just want you to get to the point where you're thinking about what kind of music influences and impacts your soul. B.B. Uh, King also wrote a song that I didn't know until recently. I was just watching this on, I think it was the Billboard Music Awards. They were talking about um, Stand By Me. The song Stand By Me. Um that was written by B.B. King. It's been covered <laughs> multiple times over the years, but B.B. King wrote that song. That song came out of that man's heart. And, uh, you know, before we judge a book by its cover or say because someone makes negative music that that's all that they do, that's ridiculous. That's not the truth. Anyway, I went off on a tangent there, but I, I just want to... Uh, I want to bring you to some of the rhythm, right? I want to try and get outside of your nutsy boltsy. Give me some advice that I can apply on my life because that stuff is shallow and it doesn't last long term and you'll forget about it by, you know, next week, Tuesday, you know, right? So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to raise the question that what if overcoming some of these secret stubborn sins has more to do with emotion and desire than it does with, you know, the kind of nutsy boltsy behavior mod. Uh, what if desire is not your problem, but what if desire is actually the gateway to the solution? Desiring heart-pounding, mind-blowing sex is not a bad thing. You were built like that. But the shallowness that can be birthed out of it, right? Shallow agendas towards getting off are part of the distrust in ourselves. You know, we're not meant to live this life alone. We're not meant to walk alone. We're not meant to be alone all the time. We desire, I mean, that's part of the, the social media. In the last 10 years, the explosion of the business of social media, it hits that desire in all of us to connect, does it not? So outside of just wanting to have sex with someone, there's a connection um, desire going on. And what's that about? What does it have to do with church, right? And there may be some listening who say, oh, well, great, Russ, I'm glad that Christianity is your religion and you landed on that as your religion. Listen, um, religion aside, everyone has a worldview and everyone is going to define love and freedom via their worldview. All right. That's the truth. And there's something about music. And then maybe this is my first piece of advice here on the advice show. And I'm going to end out this show and have you think about the music that impacts your life. Um, when I get away from music, like when if I stop listening to music for a while, usually it has to do with being busy or stressed out or I'm trying to get through some project or something. And, and I'll, I'll write, I'll neglect music in my life. 
And I've noticed that music is healthy. Music brings me back to filtering some of my emotions. So the music that you like, the music that you enjoy, um, be mindful of it, right? Uh, Think about it. Think on it. Pray on it. What is God showing you through the music that you enjoy today and the music of your past? All right. Some of you are young. Some of you are old. What kind of music do you like and why? How is it pinging that part of your soul? Right. It's like pinging the IP address at a point in time. Um, music is like a snapshot of meaning wrapped in emotion and caught in time. I was thinking on this uh, this idea of my relationship with God and my relationship with church, right? Quote, put that in quotes. And, you know, the, the fact that even as a teenager and as a kid, you know, my mom not... I mean, the, the Christian influence in my life and how I ran from it uh, and why, right? I got saved like three times, you know, and it never stuck. I just waiting for something to, to change in me. Um, during the eighties, I remember, uh, I wanted to see, a, I remember learning about the Jessica on story broke. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jim Baker, Jerry Falwell, uh, had an intern named Jessica Hahn, young, beautiful woman. She ended up posing in Playboy magazine and then telling her story there. And I, I saw the pictures as a young porn addict at the time, and I read the story. It's a heartbreaking story of of sexual abuse, really. Here's this young woman and these two lecherous guys take advantage of her um, and and the fact that they're Christians and the fact that they're getting up on TV and talking about Jesus and morality and and all of that. It just, as a guy who had sexual abuse, right, sexual assault in my past, um, reading that story had me really, it's not just the media either, all right? This stuff happens because there are people that consider themselves religious or people that consider themselves Christians who, it's an outside facade of of what they really believe, right? Like, here's what I believe, and they say that, and you get to see it, but is that what's going on in the heart? And this is one of those bombs that went off in Christian culture here in the United States, and people started to see what kind of a ministry, quote, right, that that really was. And and her story broke my heart, man. And it had me, at that point, even as a young man, as a teenager, thinking about why I couldn't resolve relationship with the Christians, right? What was in me that was questioning, questioning, connecting deeply with those relationships? Um, This song made a lot of sense to me. Here's another song from my youth. How many times can they fill me with lies and I listen again? Twisting the truth and they're playing around with my head Okay The things they will do and the things they will say But they don't really understand Tears fill my eyes when I hear all the cries
people have said, Russ, when are you gonna get over your religion, right? Anger or frustration or your issues with religion. That's what it is. Russ, when are you gonna get over your issues with religion? I'm sick of hearing about it, right? Um, here's the deal. If you're not honest about what's going on on a deeper level, on the faith level, where our behaviors spring from, then you won't trust the community and share it on the surface, right? Your walk of faith is intimate, all right? There is a difference between surfacey religion and the things that we believe that have us behave in a certain way. Does that make sense? Um, my issues with religion are that we're not able to trust the organizations that we call home religiously in a lot of cases. And that's a problem. So I'm going to continue to talk about it. Uh, and I would love your, you to engage me on it if you feel so led to do that. Uh, because I think it's really important. Intimacy is letting people into those those places that you don't let most people into. And when you're worshiping a church, when you're worshiping Jesus, when you're talking about your love for God, that's not something you just share with everyone all of the time, right? Even Jesus says that. Public displays of, of religion, he, he didn't like the Pharisees doing that because you just look like you're pompous and full of yourself when you do stuff like that. So uh, again, it's the, it's the deeper walking out our lives on a faith level that we are sharing with other people in this kind of behind the counter metaphor of deep relationships in, in community. That's why I share that song by Ozzy with you is because music, you know, the storytelling, the rhythm, the message of the song impacts the heart and we do talk about that with our friends somewhat right maybe not to the depths of it but music and the storytelling and the messages of music makes it past um what c.s lewis would call our watchful dragons right like if i just give you instruction some of that will filter through your mind and you're trying to discern it but music gets you at an emotional level to uh, to get through those those watchful dragons of judgment, right? Yep, music is just about that powerful, right? You can't kill rock and roll by a guy named Ozzy Osbourne who bucked the system. I mean, all this stuff. Oh, well, Ozzy was satanic. Did you hear some of the lyrics and some of the this and the imagery on some of his albums? It's like, listen, the guy they knew how to shock people, right? Getting their attention by biting the hats, the heads off doves or bats or whatever. Uh, the dude's messed up, all right? Of course. But listen, in the 80s, man, the Christian culture here in the United States, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know Ozzy's religious worldview, all right? But this song made a lot of sense to me. So listen, desiring a gospel-centered safe place, because if the only message you get is shameful, right? Like you're, you're doing it wrong. You can't do anything right. God promised um, forgiveness and salvation, and you're still stuck like that. Like, right? See, it didn't work for you. You're probably not saved. Um, the, these messages of just shame over and over again, you can't. You feel like you can't do anything right. You feel unloved, and you just want to just leave me alone, right? I get that. I felt that way. I've been there, right? Desiring a community of safe people is is a good thing. And my jacked up heart, um, really was impacted by music. 
in the book of James, the only time religion is mentioned in the New Testament, you know, James says that it, it's it, it's in the context of taking care of widows and orphans. It's pushing back what's life choking and, and dark and, and, and cold, ice colder in the world, right? And my neglected, sexually broken, abused soul was looking for some kind of safe place and I found that in some of these lyrics and the social groups I hung out with that also were impacted by the music and didn't put up a fake front the world is starving for safe places where we can just be ourselves in community with other people around a common understanding of what we're putting our faith in and and as far as rock and roll being my religion and my love i think it was for a while i'm not saying that's a good thing all right but my distrusting heart because of the sexual abuse and the shame that went on in my heart right it just made a lot of sense to me these lyrics you don't know me. You don't understand me. On a deep level, you do not get me. And you're just throwing out morality. And you think that's going to change people's heart and mind. Man, the gospel does that. Good news does that. See, the temperature, the climate of Christian culture at that time, was there was just no empathy there was no exercising of faith and intellect and connecting over shared deeper values. It was all, you know, morality-based, you know, this family values kind of preaching. You know where the word family values actually came from? It came from the existential philosopher Nietzsche, right? That's not a Christian idea of morality. The wealth of the... 20th century Pharisees that felt like they had it all together. You know, that's why I love Matthew 5 so much. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, the Message Bible translated as blessed are you when you're at the end of your rope. And man, I was. I was both emotionally and morally bankrupt. That was some of the beauty of deeply working out my faith was... How are we supposed to trust religious institutions, right? Whether it's back in the 80s, today, the first century, right? Who who do we trust? That's Jesus and the Pharisees, right? Religious institutions. Jesus is one of his biggest messages is he wasn't part of the religious institution, the religious machine. He hung out with crooks and prostitutes and when he went to gather people to start his ministry, he didn't go to the Bible college and the synagogue, right? He found fishermen. Um, see, that's the deeper part of understanding the gospel, is the fact that, yes, religion is messed up. Um, in my country, there's this song called Take Me to Church that's been on the billboard charts for almost a year now. And, and one of the lyrics in that song is, you know, I'll confess my sins as you sharpen your knife, right? It's, it's the distrust that these churches, quote, right, are, are a safe place to bring your heart, to bring your hurts, to bring your fears Again, this is why I love my faith. This is why I love Jesus so much. This is why I've landed on the worldview of Christianity. Because of God, right, entering into the story, entering into time and space, through the sun, the passion of the Christ. <laughs> Such a good title, right? Um the mystery of the Trinitarian God who who loves us via relationship, via passion, via desire to connect and, and, and 
open up this conversation with his creation, with his people, why do, there's got to be a deeper meaning, there's got to be a deeper message, right? There is the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and reaching for good news. Sometimes it's just understanding where we're at. But I, I used my distrust and disdain for religion as a young man to isolate me and isolate my heart a little bit because the risk was too great. All right. And that's true. And it's still true. And I'm not going to just tell you to go run and find some church and just spill your heart and spill your guts to a bunch of strangers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you to be discerning. See, when shallow agendas take precedence over the relationship, right? The safety of the relationship. And that doesn't necessarily have to do with comfort. It has to do with truth. One of Lewis's great quotes. If you seek out truth, you may find comfort in the end. But if you seek out comfort, you will find neither truth nor comfort in the end. Only soft soap wishful thinking, and in the end, despair. All right? Truth will work itself out if we do it in community, connected, together, and there's safety in that. There's love that that shines through that. But this empty, shallow religion that's out there, it, it's, it's harming the culture and it's harming people. But part of the good news is, it, is that we can see it if we let our hearts go there, right? So yes, something to think about. The music of our lives. What does it do? That's my advice for you. Something to think on. Your homework, listening to this episode. I want you to, to be cognizant and mindful of your music tastes. And, and right, what is it in that music that stirs your heart, stirs your affections, stirs your passions? Uh, and of course the piece of advice for singles and married people, right? Is uh, here's, here's a few things for you, um, to leave the show with, uh, X3 watch, download it, right? Get it on your devices. If you're going to fight this thing, that's a good fence to have up. Is it going to stop you looking at porn? No, it's not blocking software. It's accountability software. Uh, number two is accountability partners. All right. I don't like that word because it sounds too surfacey. Um, being in relationship with people that you can trust, seeking out those relationships, three of them, find three people, three guys. If you're a guy, three girls, if you're a girl that again, if you're a Christian, right. If you have the worldview of seeing God as savior and redeemer, the lover of your soul, you need some believers that you're letting behind the counter. And some of you just need some quiet time where you surrender your heart to God. All right? That Jesus Christ did walk among us. God in human flesh, right? Incarnate. And, and that's that being born again the metaphor that Jesus uses in the scriptures is simply that, that you know something is off about this world, that there is a, a reality, a spiritual reality that we don't see on the surface and that God is reaching out his hand for you. And that simply is what it means to be born again, just to realize that, that you're walking out this life in a new worldview and seeing that, you know, love rules and that love passes through beyond time and space. And some of you, man, you just need to do some business with God and, and talk to him and, and surrender to him. It's that knowing that he's been after you and then seeking out some brothers and sisters with that like-minded heart and worldview. 
that understand that this world isn't it. All right. And that's going to take risk taking. That's going to take trust. That's going to take some work in developing those relationships. So whether you go to a church or not, um, I want you to be thinking about what it looks like to develop those kind of deep relationships because your future depends on it. All right. You're a time traveler. I'm a time traveler hitting you at a point in time, giving you this advice, right? I'm not just giving you advice. I'm giving you news. Struggling with something like sexual addiction or sexual compulsive behavior is simply realizing that this world is not all there is. All right. That the deepest, most intense pleasures are not fulfilling you. You know, it's that splinter in your mind again from the Matrix. I, I love that scene where where Neo decides to take the blue pill. Right. Neo says, you're going to tell me what the Matrix is. Right. And Morpheus says, no, y you have to be shown what it is. And that's that being taken by the hand by God. That's that trusting and, and, and releasing our will over to the Holy Spirit and giving it to God. It doesn't mean you become part of some cult. But what it does mean is that it becomes a part of you, right? That the Holy Spirit, the belief, the realizing the gospel, the spirit-led life takes up residence in you. And it changes the way you see the world. So whether you've made that decision or not, um, the, this world is going to continue to try and pull you back into its definition of love, which is basically hoarding, um, scarfing down all that you can get for yourself, right? The appetite of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't resolve long term it doesn't make you happy long term not that it's about happiness but it is about fulfillment peace and well-being that goes beyond circumstances see that was one of the big problems i had with obedience is that i i didn't like that word obedience but then i realized that my flesh would bring me to my knees you know Having my flesh control me and me not control it was proof that I was going to obey something. And maybe that's a wake-up call for you as well. You are going to obey. It will be the flesh or it will be the spirit. Non-obedience, non-conformity is a myth. All right? Even the non-conformity crowd has a crowd. Doesn't, don't they, right? Like, they're, they're that group of nonconformists, which by definition is conformity. We do conform. We do obey. We will follow our flesh or our spirit. That's why Jesus continues to work on the Pharisees. He continues to stretch out his hand. He continues to heal the sick. He continues to have eyes of kindness and love towards the afflicted. Follow me, Jesus says. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's picking up your cross. But my burden is light. My load is, is light. My burden isn't as heavy as yours. Follow me. That's the message of the gospel. This is good news, isn't it? And that is what the gospel, Jesus, understanding truth and love and faith and redefining that for me, has done. And, and I want you to experience some of that. So that's some of my advice. All right. Um, so X3 watch, download that, right? Start developing some accountability partners that you can actually sign up to put on that software, right? That will, that will actually love you through the process of the things that you may click on online, right? And the things that you don't, your thought life, that'll be my last piece of advice here, leaving this out. Your thought life is important. Um, again, uh, going back to the original older shows, talking about right, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and the whole armor of God. 
Um, Stephen Q in his book, 10 Lies Men Believe About Porn is important. What kind of lies do you believe? And your thought life. What do you dwell on when, when a porn movie from the past comes firing into your brain? Right? I don't believe that just every single cognition that you have, every single thought that pops into your head necessarily comes from you. It may come from your flesh, right? Thirsty flesh throwing up an image. But what are you going to do with that image? It's like a fiery arrow that hits uh, hay, right? Dry hay. If you don't snuff it out right away, it'll spread, right? And then relapse. So be mindful of your thought life. Be mindful of what you do when those thoughts hit your brain. All right? You're going to run with them. You're going to snuff them out. You're going to start a new activity. What are you going to do? Well, that's your choice. That's that's what you're... You're going to make decisions and choices. It's, it's changing the pattern, right? Um, I hope that helps <laughs> from someone who's not a relationship expert by any means. But uh, I do love Jesus, and I've seen... Um, really damaged, messed up situations turned around. And I've seen uh, singles in their 20s get married. And it's it's beautiful when, when the rest of the culture says, oh, you're too young, you know, and, and they're having kids at 22. And, and it's beautiful. And it works. And so I just I just want to encourage you in, in some of the stuff that I've seen. All right. Having someone that uh, goes all the way back to Adam, right? The first conflict in human history, Adam's lonely. There's nothing wrong with desiring someone to walk through this life with, someone to lean on in the tough times, someone to share the joys of this life with. There's nothing wrong with desiring a mate. I leave you with this uh, by the late B.B. King, who wrote the lyrics to this song. He, he right he's a blues guy so this is his song his lyrics anyway but uh it's a beautiful song i want to end the show with this we'll leave you with this bumper by imagine dragons um asi247.org click on the music tab if you want to hear the songs in their entirety buy the music uh also donations man if you could give to keep this ministry going, man, I would certainly appreciate it. It's uh, it's running on empty again, so if you feel led to do that, man, it would it would certainly help out a lot. ASI247.org. There's uh, links there to give to the podcast. Till next time. Bye. When the night has come and the land is dark. Stand by me